Just like that, second hour is here. Thursday edition, Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow here on Outkick.com slash watch. Uh, while you're at Outkick, uh, check out the store. Shop.outkick.com is where you can go to get the shirts, hats, polos, and much, much more. It's all available. Shop.outkick.com. Chad, we've got uh, Raheem Morris as the new head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, reported by uh, Schefter there. He's back in as a head coach yet again. Uh, most recently, this is another if you touch the cloak of Sean McVay, you get a head coaching job. He was the defensive coordinator in Los Angeles uh, this, this past season. He did uh, a really good job for a defense that I said on the show was not going to be good. And they were much better than expected. The Rams top to bottom were, uh, quite frankly. He's now in, in Atlanta. Dave Canellis is the new head coach in Carolina. Um, he was the quarterback's coach in Seattle last year. Uh, 2022 with Geno Smith. Got a lot of the credit for Geno Smith. Yes, Geno gave it to him. Yeah, and the renaissance of Geno Smith's now career. Now he's with he was with Baker Mayfield as the offensive coordinator in Tampa Bay. Now he's been tabbed to well take care of Bryce Young in Carolina. Uh, so here's the updated head coaching list. Of what remains open: Washington and Seattle, with Antonio Pierce now in Las Vegas. Jim Harbaugh is the new head coach, of course, with the Chargers. Dave Canellis, Raheem Morris, we just mentioned. Gerard Mayo in New England. And Brian Callahan, who was introduced as the new head coach today for the Tennessee Titans. Now we wait on the Commanders and the Seahawks, who had a second... They're beginning a second wave of second uh, interviews. And they announced... It's been reported five of them. They're having one per day. Dan Quinn is today for his second interview. Raheem Morris was scheduled to be there Friday. Of course, he's not going to make that. And you've got other coaches like Giro Averro and, uh, let's see, Mike Kafka. But none like Belichick or Vrabel. You're not hearing the, the buzz names there for the, the household coaching names, Chad. And this is a, this is a turn. This is a, definitely a changing of the guard right now with Pete Carroll out. Of course, Bill Belichick out. Uh, Mike Vrabel, who had been with the Titans for six years and was set firm in his ways, he's out. And... What we don't know, I, I have, we have no idea if Bill Belichick said, you know what, thanks, but no thanks, I'm not going to be in Atlanta. Because he did go down there twice. Don't know if, he did, if the structure just wasn't there for him. But the fact that really it was Atlanta or bust is surprising. Very surprising. And I'll say that the fact that other teams, other franchises didn't jump into the coaching search mix because these guys were available is maybe even more surprising of who, who kept their jobs in the NFL versus who lost them. Yeah, I, I made um, – and Armando just told us he sees now why Nick Sirianni is still in Philly and why Mike McCarthy is still in Dallas when you see some of these hires. But what about Dennis Allen in New Orleans? You know what it's I mean? It's another good one. Yeah, well, Todd Bowles yeah. was another one that had some questions. I think he eliminated those with that playoff, that blowout win over the Eagles. Yeah. Um, my, my first miss, by the way, when we were trying to slot the, t uh, the coaches with the team the other day, yeah. is Raheem Morris. I had Bill Belichick going to the Falcons. To me, this is just, a, it's very simple. Arthur Blank is admitting a mistake. Raheem Morris was the interim head coach in Atlanta in 2020. Uh, they did not hire him full-time. They brought on Arthur Smith, didn't work out. And then they talked to everyone else and eventually decided, hey, this guy went on, did better things as defensive coordinator with McVay and the Rams, and let's bring him back. We liked him when he was here. We should have hired him at that point. Now he's gone on and learned some more. So we'll bring him back as head coach. It feels like that to me. Yeah. Is uh, what he's saying. And if, if, 
the report is from Jonathan Jones at CBS that he killed it in the interview. I mean, you would have to. Yeah. Right? But, that, but also that there's familiarity saying, there is my point. They've, think, they've been around each other before. Yeah. I mean, and man, they interviewed a lot of people. What did Armando say? 14? 14 different. They had, and today was Bobby Slowick. They interviewed Bobby Slowick today. Well, they interviewed 14 people and eventually came back to someone who was on their staff before and served as interim yeah. head coach. So it's just them saying, we were comfortable here all along. We did our due diligence. We talked to a bunch of people, including Bill Belichick multiple times. And ultimately, we want to stay with someone we knew that we liked and just wanted to be. I think it's smart. Even if you go that direction or you're leaning that way, you talk to everyone possible. And certainly yeah, the Falcons the did setup. that. Yeah. And they were able to do so, but they eventually went back with someone they're familiar with. Chad, you and I were chatting uh, uh, away from the studio this morning and came across a story, and you read the details, which is just crazy. Vince McMahon, former CEO and owner of WWE, uh, accused of sex trafficking. And this went through the company, through his company at the time, through a, a, an employee. Yeah. Well, so what happened was, I think... You, know, you hear the term sex trafficking and you think, you know, he abducted someone and right. forced them into sex work and he had some sort of ring of it. Uh, trying to, without getting too graphic into some of the details, basically what happened was there was a woman who was down in her luck, lost both of her parents, was kind of lost and wanted a job with WWE, met Vince, Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon hired her, you know, promised her a job and pretty quickly you know, realized there were stipulations with the job and she is claiming that Vince McMahon used her for sex and also essentially for lack of a better term, pimped her out to other executives in the pressured organization to, to Brock Lesnar that they were trying to sign at the time He's named in the pressured her into creating sexually explicit content specific to different WWE talent or executives. There's a lot of details in the lawsuit, but this stems from 2022, the start of 2022. She signed an NDA, but as part of the agreement on the NDA, he was to pay her $3 million to sign the NDA. She is suing for breach of contract and that she should now, that it, she's basically suing saying the NDA should go away because you paid me a million dollars and stopped payment after that. So she got 1 million of the Instead 3 of million. Three. And now she's mad about that, so she is countersuing for breach of contract to get rid of the NDA, and in doing so in the countersuit has described a laundry list of, uh, of bad behavior with Vince McMahon. There, there, there's, from Vince McMahon, there's some crazy stuff in this, in this lawsuit with the accusations. Yeah, the, the NDA agreement came about according to uh, Grant in this lawsuit that uh, McMahon had her sign that based on when Linda... McMahon, his wife, became aware of this relationship. Yeah. How about the timing of this, too? Yeah, and I mean, this is I'm not the first I'm assuming that deal but, is signed with the $5 billion in Netflix yeah, and everything. But, so he's not a part of WWE, though. Yeah. Um, he, this is now Endeavor, which is Ari Emanuel, and TKO, which is this new business that formed whenever Endeavor purchased WWE. They had already, they, they had already purchased UFC for $4 billion dollars. And they merged the two together into TKO Enterprises or whatever they're going with. Um, yeah, they had the presser. Uh, they were on the New York Stock Exchange, uh, I believe, yesterday or the day before. And they've named Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, to their board of directors. 
I mean, they've done all this within the last 48 hours. The timing of it, you're right, is, is well, it's not, so it, it doesn't feel like it's coincidental. You know, it's it, it's it's bad stuff in, in this lawsuit, no doubt. And Vince McMahon's had some some issues here recently. It's always odd to me when there's someone synonymous with a brand, and not just a brand, but an entire sports entertainment enterprise. And that name is Vince McMahon, synonymous with WWF that became WWE. And now it's so bad late on, later on with some of the things committed by him and maybe crimes possibly yeah. allegedly committed by him that now you're doing your best to distance yourself with the family name and the person synonymous with building professional wrestling into the billion-dollar empire it is today. Really yeah, so. from, from nothing. It was a regionalized activity yeah. that was entertainment, and he consolidated it. And he took it, I mean, to places no one ever imagined that WWE could go from interest, money, everything. And now all of this, and now WWE and everyone else can't quick enough get away from him. Uh, You can't get away from him fast enough in trying to distance yourself from that McMahon name at this point. Yeah, and it was something else that uh, uh, similar to this that led him to stepping away as chairman uh, for WWE like two years ago. And listed as chairman is Nick Khan. Um, for WWE right now. So, have you seen him lately, Vince? Have you seen his mustache? I've not seen the mustache. The it's, only times I see him are on those uh, A&E biographies of wrestlers. Yeah. I'll watch some of those. And these are all probably done the last five to ten years. And I see him interviewed for those, and that was... He has this thin mustache that's definitely... He definitely paints it, you know, like just for men or something. Or maybe, you know, shoe polish. I don't know what he does. It's an interesting choice, you're saying. It's, it's a choice. alarming when you see him. You're like, that's Vince McMahon? Is he this, made a style choice, and not, it's not a, not a good one. Yeah, we're going to pull it up, I think. We'll show you in a second. But it's, it's not what you would think based on what we grew up with in the 90s. This is Vince McMahon. What? Look at this mustache. Vince McMahon looks like someone trying to play an Italian painter. <laughs> this is what he looks like. He should have a, a black and white striped... Hey, look, Shirt and it an looks easel. like it looks like he fell asleep, like he passed out drunk at a frat party, and someone drew that on him, as well as painted his, uh, it, you know, it took a sharpie on his eyebrows, and then took shoe polish to his hair. Is he trying to be a mime? He could also he also looks like a guy who's going to approach you on a str- on, on the street in Vegas and start miming something to you. <laughs> tough tough look all around for uh, for Vince McMahon. There are when I say details that I don't want to say yeah. on this show. There is one detail in there that, my oh my, crazy, crazy stuff with Vince McMahon. Another lawsuit for him. Chad, uh, Sharon Moore, for, is it, this, is, this should be wrapped up, right, as the next head coach at Michigan? Should be. I looked up Brian Kelly's buyout. I'm already seeing reports about what Sharon Moore is doing with the analytics department. I don't know why it's not just announced. I'm seeing reports that he's hiring some director of high school relations to have a better relationship with Midwestern oh, well, high schools. Yeah, then they've got to announce that. And I'm thinking, if he's starting to work on the analytics department, how, how are we not having a press conference already? Or at least announced one. I mean, it's, it, he's favored for the job, but it's, do, they, do they have to post this or something to make it? To State University, maybe there's seven some days. protocol seven they days. have to go through. Yeah. They have to interview at least two or three outside candidates maybe before they make the hire. I don't know. I'm, you know what LSU gave as a buyout for uh, Brian Kelly? 
By the way, if, if he's fired... I don't want to know. If he's fired, he's, he is owed 90% of his remaining salary, which is massive. He has a $2 million buyout. Sharon Moore or Brian no, Kelly? Brian Kelly. He has a $2 million buyout to leave, you're saying? Uh, yeah, the okay. school would have to pay his $2 His buyout that way was... Oh, yeah. Is so that crazy? If, if Michigan wanted him... What we're saying is they can pay two million dollars to get him out if, of the LSU contract. If, if LSU, if he ever wins a national championship, this is the Ed O thing. If he ever wins a national title with LSU, they cannot fire him without paying him one hundred percent of the remaining salary. And if they do without him winning a title, it's he's owed ninety percent of the remaining salary. That's crazy, considering he gets two million uh, to to the school will get two million to get him. You know, if he paid to leave. And this is yet another reason. That it's not always so clear-cut about college versus pro. College football coaching has its advantages. Case in point, Brian Kelly's $2 million he owes the school to leave for any reason, at any point, even all the money he's already been paid, everything else, he'd only owe $2 million, and then that buyout he would receive. He has a, a, I mean, how many coaches have been... It's around $100 million over 10 years. How many coaches have been paid to fail in college football over the years? Too many. It's a growing list. Too many. Um, do we think? I don't think we see the mass exodus that we saw at Bama. At no, Michigan, we won't because because Moore's there. Yeah, if if Alabama, That's if there was some him. trusted Saban lieutenant that everyone on that team liked and every coach respected, and that that person was elevated when Saban left, yeah. you would not have seen the mass exodus that that happened. I'll also say if they were somehow able to pull a rabbit out of the hat and hire Steve Sarkeesian. You wouldn't have had a mass exodus because a lot of those players would have known him. Yeah, I mean, this is just uh, look. I, I like Kalen DeBoer. I think he's a fantastic coach, but it's a culture shock. I mean, it's totally different it's, than any area he's ever navigated. So I didn't expect that big of an exodus, but I expected a lot of people their head to be spinning when he was hired and think, I got to get out of here. Did, I'm going to go with another coach I'm more yeah, familiar with. Yeah, and I, I, it's been known, too. I think it's been known within the program oh, yeah. that Sharon Moore's the guy, right? So the, you stick with that. I, w- players found out they were stunned just like everybody whenever Saban retired. And I don't know if they knew initially that he was going to stick around the program and have an office in the stadium. You know? Like, I don't know if that was relayed immediately or not. It certainly wasn't in the report from Chris Lowe. Think which, of how much better... Which would have... He would have had that. Think of how much better they would have been off had they not made the playoff and lost in that first playoff game. That's a great point. Because at that point, when they're getting ready for whatever bowl game... Yes. Uh, if they're getting ready for the Orange Bowl, let's say, whatever, he could have just it's, announced, if he knew it was coming, hey, I'm, I'm going to step down, and they would have been in that big rotation of coaching hires. And you would have been able to have a recruiting class to go through the transfer portal, to do all that without everything being so late. Coming up, NFL overreaction and much more on Hot Mike. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Hot Mike. With Hutton and Withrow here at outkick.com slash watch. The, uh, the AP unveiled their, their finalists for the NFL MVP, and you've got the Offensive Player of the Year awards. Uh, they'll be doing this uh, throughout and announce uh, coming up at the uh, NFL honors. No surprise. Uh, Lamar Jackson, the front runner here, uh, and that's been uh, presumed 
as the league MVP. It would be his second. Christian McCaffrey and Dak Prescott are finalists for the Associated Press 2023 NFL Most Valuable Player and Offensive Player of the Year awards. Uh, you've got, let's see, also up for Offensive Player of the Year, Chad, Josh Allen, Brock Purdy, who are also finalists for MVP, plus Tyreek Hill and C.D. Lamb. Give that one to Tyreek Hill. Quarterback's going to win MVP. Or give offensive Christian player McCaffrey. of the year to yes, Christian McCaffrey or Tyreek Hill. It's going to be Jackson and McCaffrey, I think. It's stealing if you double up on QB. To me, the whole spirit of those two awards, I, I would love to see a non-quarterback win MVP at some point, but it's always QB wins MVP, non-QB wins offensive player of the year. If you start giving it to two quarterbacks, I don't like the direction that's going. Hutton question that just entered my mind, okay. reading some you know these stories about Raheem Morris and. Bill Belichick yep. possibly being left out. Okay. We all acknowledge that Bill Belichick has been a failure since Tom Brady left. Yes. From a GM standpoint and, and coaching with some of his decisions. Has the NFL advanced so much in the last four years that it has passed Bill Belichick up completely? Because to me, if you don't interview or hire Bill Belichick at some point, what you're saying is, well, one of two things. One, the NFL is different than when you were dominating – or two, you're too old. I think what it is... We don't want to hire a 72-year-old head coach. I think, it, it, by and large, the jobs that are open have general managers. I think that's part of it. You don't want to bring in... If you're looking for the GM to work in lockstep with your head coach, I wouldn't want to bring in a head coach that's going to dominate the room. Now, they're doing that in Los Angeles with the Chargers, but you know when you hire Harbaugh, they hadn't hired the GM prior to that. Washington has hired their general manager. You know, they, they went about it that way, that direction. And if you're going in the direction of Belichick, you wouldn't need a general manager based on the reason why you bring him in. Because if you bring Bill Belichick in, who, who has authority over Bill Belichick in the room? Over, if you're just, and I'm not saying he would dominate it on purpose, but the greatest coach of all time is going to dominate the room with an opinion. You're going to acquiesce to coach. And, and a lot are, of GMs the, do that anyway, and you should. There I mean, are also those reports about, hey, he just wants to coach now. He's fine just having a team and coaching. Which maybe, maybe those reports were exaggerated, either that or he did not do a good enough job selling that to owners and GMs. I, I don't think he that did he that. That he doesn't want to be a part of that. I think that was about New England. To stay in New England, he would have done Yes. And anywhere think, else he wants control. I th or more than what. Atlanta was willing to give. You know, Rich McKay and Terry Fontenot are there in the, the hierarchy. You don't have that in New England. You wouldn't have that. They're not going to have that with the Chargers. So I think it, you know, Seattle's got the general manager who's been there forever. I mean, you just go, th you go through the hiring process. The GMs are in place. And some of them, they're young. A lot of them, too. That's the, that's the other trend. The trend is to go young, younger, much there, younger. There's something just sad to me about this. First off, the league's yeah, better with saying. Bill Belichick in it. Yes. He's a legend. So I want him to go somewhere else and challenge for that Don Shula record of wins. But also, 72-year-old Bill Belichick singing for his supper, <laughs> interviewing for jobs multiple times and getting passed over for Raheem Morris. Is that not sad to anyone else? Well, but I would think... I'm kind of sad about it. I wish he just would have retired but see, when he left with New England, if that's the case. I, there's three branches to this. First, uh, Belichick, who... He's going to lay out what he wants. He's interviewing them, right? I mean, if we're just... If Bill Belichick goes in for an interview, who's doing the interview? Who's conducting this? Now, 
Uh, singing for Supper is funny. I laugh because he, his first interview was on a yacht in the yeah. Virgin Islands. Uh, I, again, like it's made me laugh, clown. Yeah, <laughs> that's what Arthur uh, Black said to him. Dance. It sucks for Raheem Morris because he's going to be viewed as an awful hire because the fan base was told straight up they're going after Belichick and Harbaugh, and then they end up with Raheem Morris again. It's and then the Falcons who started down that path and then decided to go down the other and then tried to play and, and drive in both lanes. I, I don't know how you do that structurally because that's a totally different structure with who they hired versus who they were talking to. I'm not against being open-minded, but it's clear the hierarchy for the organization. They didn't get rid of Rich McKay. They didn't get rid of Terry Fontenot. They fired their head coach. Uh, and all they did, I mean, just in the 30,000 foot view, they just flipped the mindset. They went with a defensive coordinator instead of Arthur Smith, the offensive coordinator. Well, Clay's into it with someone on, on X, and he was arguing, I mean, how do you bring Bill Belichick on for two interviews and not hire him? Right. And someone responded and said, well, his post-Brady record isn't great, you know, all the things we know, this and that. Clay's response was Raheem Morris went 21-38 and 38 in his NFL coaching career, never taking a team to a playoff game in four seasons. Tampa Bay fired him after he went 4-12 and 12 in his third year. Atlanta just put, picked him over Belichick. We're not talking about Vince Lombardi here, talking about Raheem Morris. I, again, I go back to Raheem Morris and say, I think that Arthur Blank may have wanted to hire him when he was the interim coach. And now he's gone on and had success as a coordinator under a very well-known and successful coach in Sean McVay. And he wanted to do his due diligence to talk to everyone else. But all along, he wanted to correct a mistake. He thought it was a mistake hiring Arthur Smith over Raheem Morris. And he wanted to go back and get Raheem Morris. I can fully understand not wanting to hire a 72-year-old man in certain situations to be your head coach and to start something or to begin a reset with your organization. I get it. But Bill Belichick having to interview for jobs and not getting the one he interviewed for is sad to me. It's sad. Yeah, I mean... I, it just I felt this, like he I was going to inevitably get it because every initial report was that look for mutual interest here. Atlanta's a spot to watch for Bill Belichick. But, but he was quickly tapped. You're right. Quickly tapped as the favorite. I think this is much about... It's, it, this is as much about Belichick not choosing Atlanta, too. Not choosing the structure. Well, then that, he's that, choosing that, retirement. Sure. Uh, but if like, that's the case. But, I mean, that's also sad. I'm just saying, like, I, I don't know... I don't know how you, you bring back Belichick for a second interview... And what Clay's saying, you end up with Raheem Morris without knowing, like, at the very least, don't you say, okay, Bill, like, this is where we started. This is where we'd like to go. We need to have an answer. Are you with us on what we're doing or whatever? And when he doesn't give you an answer, you move on. You give him a deadline. I mean, I, I, am I wrong for just assuming No, I don't that? think you're wrong. I'd love for him to set the record straight if that's the case. I agree. For his own legacy, and I'm not going to sit here and say his legacy is ruined because he didn't get the Falcons coaching job, but for the legacy of how this thing ended, I want Bill Belichick to go on a network and tell everyone he chose to not go to the Falcons, that in getting down the road and talks, he decided it was not the place for him and he should retire. I, I want that to be the ending and not Bill Belichick had a chance to be the winningest damn coach in the NFL. And when he got let go from the Patriots, he got one interview and he got passed over for Raheem Morris. 
and then he retired. Well, at that yeah, point. well but keep in mind, there's that still, is a humbling. It, I, I agree. I think the humbling is that you got the one, one team, and the structure, the the chain of command is what is ultimately keeping him out of the Atlanta Falcons job. The chain of command, and it's 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 structured. It's easy to see in Atlanta how it goes. They only fired one of them. Davey, what do you have? I was just going to add, Diana Rossini put out, there are layers to the hiring in Atlanta. Arthur Blank was targeting the greatest coach of all time from the start. He was then open to listening to other ideas, some internal persuasion, impressive interviews, and here we are. Belichick is unemployed. Raheem gets a shot. You think Terry Fontenot just saw, I would lose a lot of authority, so I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure he that Arthur Blank does not want to hire Bill Belichick? I mean, I think, look, Terry Fontenot is probably not unlike a lot of people in that they value power over being good, which I, I don't understand in a lot of cases. Um, I, I'm seeing some moves across the NFL right now. Titans are included. It, to me, these are moves being made to stay in authority and not moves being made to win a Super Bowl. And maybe Atlanta is another one of those. I, I, I don't know. I just look at it and I think, what what matters more to you, winning and getting the best possible coach or just staying employed and having the appearance of power for a little bit longer? I'll add on, if you look at the Patriots and what Bill has done recently on the offensive end, you know winning today, you have to have a good offense. He's not been able to get a coordinator at that position or on that side of the ball in years to be anything close to productive. No, that's true, but who's Raheem Morris's coordinator? I mean, who who did he have in Tampa when they were awful? I, I don't I, again, I don't know what he's telling Arthur Blank about his staff or who's coming over. Maybe it's some other young whippersnapper from the Rams and McVay that slicks his hair back that everybody's gonna love. I, I don't know who that person is, but I, I just again, one interview, one team was interested in Bill Belichick. And where's this Florio report that there's a second team that was that may fire their coach to go get Bill Belichick? Well, th- this was as of yesterday. That was a report. Well, that would be Buffalo. Oof. I mean, that, what what other team is out there where you, you would make a move like that now, when you're preparing for the off season and doing your things? Where you're, I mean, your your staff and everyone is in lockstep with what you're doing. Your GM is there in place. It would be Buffalo, New Orleans, maybe. I don't know why but, you'd wait this late. Yeah, you wouldn't wait. Man, Bill Belichick on Bourbon Street. That's a that's a fun thought. That's like the uh, last guy you think of having fun eating eating Cajun food is Bill Belichick. I, I don't know. I, I If it's Buffalo, that would be really interesting, having been in that division for so long. If they think he's a guy that gets them over the top. I, I just thought Washington with new and, ownership and it group. It still could be. They, just, uh, they hired their GM, what, Five, four, five days ago now, you would want him involved in your interview process. Belichick already knows the guy because he came through to England. And I bet Raheem Morris's OC is coming from McVay's system. Yeah, like I said, it's going to be some whippersnapper from Sean McVay, which is fine. It'll probably work out. It's, or Shanahan. If this is the end. Or both. This is the end. Are we it's, just done? I don't think We're, it's the end. I don't know why he would go through two interviews if he doesn't want to coach unless it's the Falcons. You know, I'd love to see how Bill Belichick's career ends coaching Navy where it all started for him and his love of that Academy with his dad being a coach there. That'd be really cool. If Bill Belichick spent his last four or five years coaching winning at Navy 
be pretty neat. Uh, the Navy just had a first-year head coach or second year. I don't think they're going to fire their coach for Bill mm-hmm. Belichick. But maybe that's a surprise team, Jack. Just putting that out there, putting maybe those vibes out there, and we'll see. We'll I'm see if that happens. The option. There's a lot. So uh, is Ben Johnson? Are the Commanders just waiting on Ben Johnson from Detroit? Is that I guess. What, is that what the what's Seattle? The, what's doing? Seattle up to too? Well, what Seattle? I, I read off the the five second interview process one day starting today with Dan Quinn, uh, but. Uh, Mike Kafka and a, a handful of others, but uh, Ajiro Aviri, is that his name? Aviri Ajiro, uh, who interviewed sure. in Denver or was the Denver DC. I mean, again, it's all, it is the same type of group, Chad, that we saw last year making the rounds, except for Bobby Slowick, who all of a sudden interviewed. It was the last interview prior to Atlanta choosing the DC Raheem Morris over Bobby Slowick. Bobby Slowick's going to be a coach soon. I don't know if it's this cycle, but yeah, it's I think probably kind of like Ben Johnson. Yeah, but John McClain keeps telling us he's a, he's a year away. One more year of success, and he'll have a job. If hired, he would be the youngest head coach in the NFL. He's 29 right now? No, 36. He's 36? Who am I thinking that's 29 that interviewed for one of these jobs? Well, McVay was 30 when Maybe he got Maybe I the made game. that up. Yeah, McVay was 30 or 31 when he first got the job. Yeah. Lane Kiffin was 30 or 31 when he got the Raiders job originally. Yeah. He may have been 29 when he got that job. He was very young because he was very young when he was the coach of Tennessee after that. I think the, the youngest right now is, what, 35 or 36? No, 37. Mm-hmm. 37. Gerard Mayo by maybe a and month. And now Brian Callahan, 39 in Tennessee. Yeah. He turns 40 in June, I think. Yeah, that's right. Um, Davey, we have NFL overreaction? We do. I had to change a couple with the, with with the, the news, news of Atlanta yeah. uh, making the announcement of Raheem Morris. But we're going to start. You know, we – just mentioned Buffalo and next year is Sean McDermott's last season as the head coach of the bills. Kiffin was 31, by the way, okay. when he was hired by, uh, by the Raiders. Um, I, I think it is. I, I think he's got one more year and I, I think it is super bowl or bust. And I don't think they're winning the super bowl next year. So I, I do think that it's, it's reached the point now. If you're, if you're questioning a guy who's been that consistently good but not great, not able to get over the hump and at least get to a Super Bowl, if he's in danger right now, I believe the only solution to that to getting a contract extension is to at least get the Bills to the Super Bowl next year. And maybe even win it would be a a requirement. I don't think they're doing that. I think that next year is going to be his last. I think he went into this season feeling some heat. I mean, it's a a coach who's won 73 games in his seven seasons, seven regular seasons. He's five and six in the playoffs, however. But he gets you there. To get you there. But with Josh Allen, you've been to one AFC championship game in his tenure. Um, I absolutely, I don't think it's a, it's not an overreaction to say this because I, I think of the possibility and at some point you just, we saw this with Tony Dungy in Tampa. Then they went and got John Gruden. And there you go. Like you feel like you've reached your, you've plateaued, even if it's a very high view of where you are and your pecking order. It's not good enough in the AFC and the team that continues to just, well, lose to you in the regular season and then beat you when it matters in the postseason. I, I don't know I, why it's, it's not I, an overreaction. I feel this way, but if you're looking for the guy to go to get you, like to give you the kickstart that's going to get you into a Super Bowl, if that's the only thing you have to do if you're the Bills, this guy can only get to a certain point. His message is wearing thin, whether it be about 9-11 or other messages he's delivered to the team. Message is wearing thin. Who can give us the 
shot in the arm that's going to get us to a Super Bowl. I think Mike Vrabel more than Bill Belichick. If you're going to bring someone in to do that with a really good roster if you're, well, and see, a good quarterback. But you've also got Joe Brady who took over the OC spot yeah. midseason that, I mean, did Allen, a good job. Allen did a nice job after that. But so there, there are some changes. You've got a lot of roster movement Well, see, there. I would not change that. I'm thinking keep Joe Brady, who's been good. I'm just saying if you're going one for one, head coaches out, new head coaches in, who's going to bring in an energy that's going to get you over the top? That's, you're right. I believe Mike Vrabel would be that guy before Belichick. Would if be, you're going to go that direction. Would he be willing to sign on to accepting the However, current offensive coordinator? I, I would if I were him. However, I mean, uh, Bill Belichick could do exactly that too. But again, you know, Vrabel's built different. And it goes back to my initial question. Do you want power or do you want good? Do you want to be all powerful and have all the control? Or do you want to work with a guy who did a damn good job and knows all the personnel in the offense? I'd raise my hand and say, I'll, I'll work for that guy. He'll work for me. But I will work with him as the offensive coordinator. He knows the team. Well, he, he got a lot out of them. We've seen him do that before. I, he just didn't want to work right. with Grant Cartha. We've seen right. him, he took over when we got the job in Tennessee. He I'm not saying you wouldn't. I'm saying LeFleur. that's the question everyone has to ask. Lafleur was arranged. There's a lot of teams making the decision based on I'd rather be in charge. And then he also elevated Arthur Smith, who was on the previous staffs. He kept him around. Then he became OC. I mean, he's done nice. He's playoffs for the six years. McDermott can say the same thing, by the way. Yeah, the same type of success. Uh, it more more success, quite frankly, five and six in the playoffs, seventy three wins over seven seasons. Uh, but yeah, at some point, you grow tired of the same result, right? And even if the result is good, not great, it's got to be great, especially for Pagula. That's the other thing. Got one more? Yes, I do. Uh, and we're going to stick with Vrabel on this one. Okay. Let's say Seattle hires Dan Quinn. A lot of smoke's been pointing in that direction. Does Dallas goes out and they'll hire Mike Vrabel as their DC? Hutton, I'm going to let you take this because you've been more on the path of he wants to coach ball. He does. So uh, would he take an assistant coaching job? I don't think so. Um, because I don't know. I don't. I, here's, here's what I do know. Stephen Jones loves Mike Vrabel. That's what I do know. I don't know if Mike Vrabel loves Mike McCarthy or you know, that angle of it. Now, if you're looking at it from the interim head coach perspective, I don't think Vrabel tries to infiltrate like that because whenever he takes over a gig, the number one thing he said whenever he's putting his coaching staff together is loyalty. I don't think he, he is stuck in his ways, yes. I don't think he lies. I don't think he is stuck in his ways so much that he would do that after saying something like that. Um, now, you can agree or disagree that he should take it because it's a hell of a defense and... Absolutely, he would be in place if they start out slow. They would go straight to Mike Vrabel to be the uh, the, the head coach, uh, just like I figured they would do with Dan Quinn. But Dave, it's a good question. I don't think so because, but I'm only saying that because I don't know his relationship with that staff, and the loyalty factor is big for him as much as Stephen Jones loves Mike Vrabel. I, I don't think he works for anyone. Uh, he's going to be a head coach or go work in TV for a year or do nothing for a year. That would be my answer. Okay. And then uh, guys, we'll go on sticking with this. You know, Mike Tomlin just came back. He said he's coming back next year. But the big question is what does Pittsburgh do after this season? Because his contract is up, but Mike Tomlin and the Steelers will agree on a contract extension. I think they're going to agree on a contract extension because I think he's going to get the offensive coordinator higher, right? That's where he has messed up in recent years. 
I think that he's going to get this one right. Offense will improve. Defense will still be there. They're going to improve, and he's going to get that extension. There's a deeper question here, though. I agree with you. There's a deeper question. Why didn't the Steelers get Tomlin signed to an extension before the start of this past season? Why let Tomlin get within a year of having his own power to walk away? So he has said in his, his press conference after the loss in Buffalo where he walked out, the next day he said, we're going to get this done, things play out. That was a time and place for answering that, and that wasn't the time and place. So he said he expects to get a contract extension done. Uh, the Steelers and, and Rooney, they have said the same thing. Why weren't they saying that a year ago? For a, for a guy who's never had a losing season, why weren't they saying that a year ago for an organization that has been steadfast in the continuity and consistency of that job? I, that, I mean, I think they wanted to win in the playoffs. If I'm, I'm just well, answering it simply, that, but, that's so probably the reason why. They just lost in the playoffs, and they're both saying that they ex expect him to get extended. So uh, I would say that sentiment, there's still something there that led to this whole saga. And if you're Tomlin, I mean, Tomlin would also have to sign it. The Steelers can want him to sign it. He says he's back to coach. He could also have the leverage and the power to know that he's going to be a free agent in an in a open market where uh, there are boatloads of money right now for guys like him, I'm saying, uh, Harbaugh. You've got Sean Payton. I mean, that's the upper tier. He's a part of that. So I, does he sign it? He says he's going to. He says he's going to get extended. How long of his extension? Because remember, Bill Belichick, there was a report week six or seven that he signed a, a long-term extension or the what a very lucrative extension. It was for a year. His deal was going to expire after 2024. So they got rid of him this year, a year early. It, I want to see the details of this yeah. because why did that? Why did it get to this point in that organization where it never gets to that point? Would, That's peculiar. I, I doubt we see as many openings at the head coach position next year in the NFL. But I mean, this year we kind of Who thought, knows? and there's still a lot of uh, there's still those two jobs open. But everyone was saying Bill Belichick, Mike Vrabel. They're for sure going to land a gig. Could we see Mike Tomlin in that same position to where they go through the cycle and for whatever reason, if he's not returning to the Steelers, another team does not take a chance on him? We could a year from now. I mean, he's not signed yet. So I, I just, I believe in Mike Tomlin. I think he'll get the higher right at offensive coordinator and they'll figure it out. But if he doesn't, if he misses again, if there's another Matt Canada situation, he probably won't get renewed and he'll walk. Yeah, and it, it I wonder... Um... They're interviewing Thomas Brown, I believe, from the Panthers. Yeah, they are. Um, 32nd ranked offense in the league. Thomas Brown. And yes, yes, it was. Now, you can pin that on personnel. Yes, it was. I, a lot Chad, of other right. things. I get it. But that is a tough sell when you say, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go hire the last place worst offense in the league. The dude who ran that offense is who we want. Was he just there for a year? I think he was only there for yeah. a year. But I'm, if you remember this about Mike Vrabel, it was a similar too, right? situation. Yes, it was. Their defense was 31st, I think. In Houston. When he was defensive coordinator, and that was the big knock, was you just hired the defensive coordinator of the 31st ranked defense in the NFL. So, sell that for everyone. And the response was, he's going to be a great head coach. Everyone who's ever been around him has said it. And if you're in the room with him, you can see that. And it worked yeah. out pretty well for the Titans for a while. So maybe, maybe that's Thomas Brown. Tomlin, the only thing he said about offense, I want us to be versatile and dynamic. Obviously, we got to score more points. I'm going to be able to keep the defense off balance. Well, good luck. Kenny Pickett's battling for his job to begin. 
Davey, good job wearing a more seasonally appropriate color today. That's a it's a good look on. Is you. it? It's Thank better. You. It's better than the lime green you wore. Yeah. I don't know. I, my face usually under the lights gets red, so I don't like to wear red because then my face typically looks like the shirt. That's a good contrast you have going on. What causes that? That's good. This Rosacea? A, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I've got the Raynaud's thing, so that I guess, could be, a, be a factor. I have no clue. It's always been the case. All right. Well, so this is the last time you're going to wear red? Is that what you're telling us? No, God's, it's not the God's last feet. time, but it's, it, it's not going to be a common occurrence. Okay. Well, Chad, he's back to neon green coming up. Can I give you a little bit of advice, unwarranted? That yeah, red, that red, it shades better with your complexion than lime yellow. That's fine. Yeah, I usually go I like more this blue. Better. Color match. Blue's typically navy. I do the same Maybe thing. Whenever Chad's I, saying you're a beautiful man. When yeah. I wear something Thank like you. Hutton's very tan, so we can wear a tan shirt. I am not. If tan. I wore that color that Hutton's wearing right now, it'd be the same color as my flesh. So I'd look like I was shirtless you with that shirt on. During the, during the break? Uh, we, can, we can do a, a, an experiment here, and I can show you that I, my skin is the same color as that shirt. <laughs> Where Hutton could wear it because his complexion is darker than mine. I think the lighting just helps me. Uh, it's, it's real bright over here. <laughs> these, these are some hot lights <laughs> on me. Coming up, uh, we uh, get further headlines with what's uh, happening right now across the NFL. Uh, plus, Davey sent us a, a story about the uh, baby names that are going extinct. I wonder if Jonathan or Chad are on there. Chad should Distinction. be. Let's pray that Chad's going extinct. It's next on Hot Mike. Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow. Wrapping up the Thursday edition. Chad, um, just uh, thinking about the, the Arthur Blank dynamic with Bill Belichick choosing to go with Raheem Morris over hiring the GOAT. Um, Based on Diana Rusini's tweet that um, Davey sent us, it it comes across as a persuasion behind the scenes had Arthur Blank give it a second thought, and ultimately he ends up with Raheem Morris. To me, the first interview, the first chat on the yacht compared to the second is more or less, can you guys get along with the, the structure, the hierarchy? Uh, the Who reports to who? The chain of command. And... I think ultimately you had Fontenot and McKay, or maybe it's just McKay and Blank, get together and say, yeah, we, this isn't going to work with Bill Belichick here. Here's why. This is more than just a, uh, he's here for a couple of years, he becomes the all-time winningest coach in a Falcons hoodie, cutoff hoodie, instead of a Patriots cutoff hoodie. Um, you know, you've got all these different things going, and it affects the long-term plan more than the short-term gain, if that makes sense. Because yeah. you've got your GM, you've got to make a decision on, are you going to keep your two guys that you've already kept? You didn't do a clean out, or are you going to go with Bill Belichick, who's going to more or less disrupt what you have planned? Again, every situation is different and unique. But if you are an organization looking to really build from not much of anything, yeah. Carolina would be a good example of that. Carolina should talk to Bill Belichick. And I would argue if Carolina really was concerned with winning and hiring the best and most accomplished – they probably would try to hire Bill Belichick. I don't know if Belichick takes that job. No, he wouldn't want to work for that owner. No, but that, that's the direction I would try to go. But it gets back to this thing of, or do you want to hire the best and most talented that's going to win at the highest level that might be a problem for you at times because they're very demanding? Or do you want to hire someone who will say, yes, sir, or yes, ma'am, at all times, and do whatever you say and sacrifice getting the most talented? It's a fundamental question in every organization. 
of, of what people ultimately desire. I wish more people would hire the most talented and the smartest and the best at what they do and let them cook. That, that's what I would prefer. Now, I'm also not advocating for hiring someone who's going to be a, a, a total jerk to everyone in the office and disrespect people left and right and cause a toxic work environment. You don't want that either. But I'm willing to put up with a little bit of attitude yeah. and a little bit of controlling nature or whatever <laughs> it may be if I feel like that's the most talented person and they know what they're doing and they're going to get the job done. And I don't know how that's not Bill Belichick for some team. For some team out there, it should be Bill Belichick. Man, I'm just just uh, daydreaming here of uh, Belichick and Brady. Now imagine Belichick and Allen together. Yeah, it's look, again that's an ownership. It's, that's a that, that's a family where you would uh, the ownership with uh, Terry and Kim Pagula. Belichick probably I'm just assuming here respects them a lot more than what is going on in Carolina. For instance, Arthur Blank carries a. Big stick in the NFL among owners, uh, in in the the different uh, groups that he's in, um, committees that he serves on among the thirty two. I is that is that the surprise team Florio's throwing out? Florio could say that it it could be any of the teams that hasn't fired a coach, and if no one if the surprise team doesn't decide to fire one, yeah, you don't have to he, say anything. Yeah, he's not right or wrong right. with anything there. Um, you have, uh, what we're Ian, saying is he may have nothing. That's also a possibility. Ian Rappaport also saying that uh, the Falcons' only team to interview, Bill Belichick, he does not have any known scheduled interviews currently. Potentially, he would just sit out the year and await an opportunity in 2025. Man, just retire. If you got one shot, you sang for your supper, they didn't give you the job, well, didn't, didn't give you anything to eat, just retire. No, but, it, but you were assuming that he would take any job by saying that. He did, I, I he, did, think, he did not crater to whatever the structure was in this instance. And, I mean, the Titans didn't pick up the phone and call him because of the same structure that they've decided on. Carolina's got the ownership issue. He'll be 73 next year. Yep. He'd always be next year's Jeff Saturday. He'll be 73 <laughs> next year. Could be. And I'm still stunned that Nick Saban and Bill Belichick are not coaching right now. And both are the same age. That's like, let's go. Let's keep it going. To me, the only reason to not hire Bill Belichick, again, one of two reasons, his age, you just don't want to go down that road because you want someone for seven to 10 years. Right. Is what you're envisioning. And he's not going to do it for that long at his age. Or two, he's so inflexible that you don't think he can work with anyone within your organization. And you've evaluated the last four years of his decision-making as a GM and decided we don't want you picking our players. Right. And he's not willing to work with that. And that may be the case. I mean, you're right, Hutton. He may be saying, I can't work under these conditions, so go hire someone else. Th- that might be the case. Or don't pick up the phone and call me on a but Tuesday man, and tell me what I'm doing on Wednesday. Right. Practice. And if he comes back at 73, you know, a, a year from now, and someone's willing to give him all that, more power to him. Because you've got Fontenot, and then you have a former general manager as the team president above him. Uh, the names that have declined over the last two years, Chad, among babies. You have uh, among the girls, Amanda, Angela, Brooke, Diana, and Michelle. You surprised by any of those? No, it's basically every name I grew up with. Okay. So apparently yeah. I'm getting old. The Aidens. So like Jaden, Braden, Aiden, any of those as well? A lot of, uh, yeah, that was a little bit younger than me, but still I know a lot of people of those names. And last names turn first names are on the outs according uh, to this. Last names turn first names. I'm amazed the amount of people 
that so, think Hutton's name is just Hutton, like Prince or Madonna. The people I talk um, to, like your your name's I, Jonathan. There may be ten. People I thought right your now. name was just Hutton, and I'm thinking maybe ten people in my life right now that call me Jonathan. I'm like just just Hutton. Is he got this guy Sting over and here? Four, what are you talking four about? Four others that call me John. What about yeah. Johnny? Because Johnny was number three on the list no, for boys. No, I would not. Uh, no. He will so, not answer to that. So he will not answer to Johnny. Here's, here's my theory on these names. Uh, a lot of the parents have already named their kids these names, so they're on the decline over the last two years because they're not going to go back to the same well. Or they've had a, you know, they had a girl, now they have a boy. They've gone, you know, to a more traditional name after doing something that was more, I don't know, like Jaden, Braden, Aiden. I didn't grow up with those. Well, these are names of all, all the parents now. So the parents don't want to go back to their own names or what sounds like their own name. They want to do something different. Either way, uh, like a big-time throwback. It all comes back. Or something very new. So Sally's coming back around soon? Yeah. A lot of old Mary. There's going to be a lot of Marys. Tabitha's. I don't know. Who I don't else? know Tabitha's. I had a teacher named Tabitha. Elizabeth. Yeah. Margaret. We're going to have some Margaret's coming. Back at it. It's all happening. Friday edition, 4 o'clock Eastern for Hot Mike.